Hi, and welcome to NACIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pincus here in Washington, D.C. Today, we'll be talking about a recent survey and report that was a joint venture between NACIO, IBM, and the Center for Digital Government called AI Meets the Moment, how a pandemic has shaped AI adoption in state government and what it means for the future. With us today are Bruce Tyler with IBM and Joe Morris with the Center for Digital Government, who'll give us an overview of the survey and report. Let's get started. Bruce and Joe, welcome to NACIO Voices, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Amy. Great to be here as well. Thanks, guys. Uh, So before we get into the report, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what each of you do at your respective organizations? Uh, Joe, let's start with you. I I currently serve as the Center for Digital Government and eRepublic's Deputy Chief Innovation Officer. Um, In that role, I help shape our products, our services, our our future direction. But I actually spent the last 13 years within our research organization, most recently serving as our Vice President of Research. So frequently out there talking about the the issues, trends, drivers, and and all things impacting the GovTech market. Fantastic. And Bruce? Yes, I'm a senior partner within IBM's consulting business. Been with IBM a little bit over 20 years, where I lead our cognitive big data, analytics, and IoT business within our state and local and education business, as well as healthcare and life sciences. Fantastic. Well, again, really appreciate you both being here and ready to to dive into the survey with both of you guys. So let's talk briefly about the history of the survey. And I think, you know, I know the first one was in 2019. What made you all interested in this topic to begin with? And what was your interest in partnering with with NACIO? Uh, Joe, why don't you take this one to start? Sure. With? Well, we launched the, the survey in 2019 in, in partnership with, with NACIO and, and IBM. Our, our first report showed that states were just beginning their adoption and consideration of AI. And if you put yourself, whether it was NACIO survey or any of the work that we were doing at the Center for Digital Government, you started to see emerging tech kind of creep into those priority lists. But AI was, you know, if at all, at the very bottom of that list. And at the time, we observed a fair amount of anxiety and concern over the impact that AI would have on government, their workforce, and and their operations at large. Little did we know, though, we were about to witness the adoption of AI accelerate in a manner that we, we could not have predicted, right? The, the partnership, you know, I, I mentioned my, my 13 years in research, but, you know, always part of NACIO, the flagship organization, a, a powerful voice for, for state CIOs. So to have the opportunity to partner w- with you all meant that we could maximize our impact in, in helping states explore AI's potential within their organizations. Great. Yeah, and it's been a great partnership. and. Joe, I know the pandemic really pushed AI to the forefront for state governments. Um, I actually wrote a publication about states using chatbots in mid-2020 as we saw the majority of states starting to use them during that time with you know COVID. And so can you talk about how chatbots and robotic process automation have been utilized by state governments since the pandemic hit and how that's changed since 2019? And either of you can take that. Yeah, what we saw, I mean, the states really didn't have a choice because of the pandemic. You know, they were all of a sudden, they went from, you know, maybe 100 to 500, you know, inbound calls to thousands um, Mm -hmm. in the call center. So that's where we really started to see, you know, the big drive and how to bring AI and chatbots, you know, into, into the call centers. And so, 
that was a big component of it. And it really accelerated, you know, our clients drive to more of a digital footprint. You know, they are all talking about it, but the pandemic really brought the urgency to do it and AI being at the forefront of that. And where we're seeing now, you know, the areas are starting to evolve outside of call center transformation. Now they're looking at you know, other areas, you know, around using how to use like visual capabilities and AI to be able to discern video content or unstructured documents and how to be able to contextualize that and then incorporate that into the workflows and help to be that digital or intelligent uh, assistant in the overall workflow processes. Yeah, I think we look at early in the report, going back to 2019, the chatbots were were largely there like gather some form of constituent feedback, an easier touch, if you will. And I think we saw mm-hmm. at the height of the pandemic, to Bruce's point, states couldn't deal with the surge of constituent engagement cycles that were there, whether it was an unemployment department uh, to just general requests for information about what was open, what was closed. It really provided an opportunity to help them keep up with those demands. And that kind of combined itself when we looked at the 2020 report in this era of contactless government services. Right. If you go back to the 2020 report, that's when you start to see chatbots go from zero to 60, if you will, to meet that pandemic demand. And then the, the other part of your question was around RPA. 2019, that was really on the radar. That was kind of more aspirational. We weren't really seeing a lot of measurable use. But fast forward to where we find ourselves in this report, now RPA is having its moment in time. And I think as many agencies are finding themselves transforming their operations, AI, RPA, are great tools to help drive more automation and efficiency uh, where you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sure if it hadn't been for the pandemic, if we didn't have the pandemic in 2020, 2021, we would have seen some shifting in states usage of AI, of chatbots, of RPA, but it wouldn't have been at the rate that it was over these two years. It just definitely was, you know, not only it gave states a reason to need these things, it was the business case that they had been looking for before the pandemic. And so it's it's been pretty extraordinary. I'm curious what you found from states as the main challenges or bottlenecks that they're experiencing that prevents them from using AI more because it is kind of still, you know, at those the lower level use cases. So I think what I was seeing mostly from the challenges, it's a couple different points. First of all, it's like where to begin. You know, do they have is the data ready? You know, do they have to have like all of the foundational capabilities aligned? So it's trying to find, you know, all the right conditions to start. But what we're seeing is, and the pandemic emphasized this, start now anyways and figure figure it out as you go along. So that was one of the challenges the pandemic helped overcome. But second is, it's just there's not enough available talent out there to help. And so we're seeing a lot of the, the agencies doing, you know, trying to create centers of excellence or centers of competency and, and coupling, you know, with business partners such as IBM, you know, to help overcome that. And then the, the mm-hmm. third piece of it is really, you know, trying to figure out where to begin or the use case, right? So how do you apply it to different applications? And I think what we're seeing over time, as I mentioned, you know, it's focused more on, you know, the conversational AI aspect of it, but now we're seeing, you know, the emergence of other use cases into other areas, whether again, be it unstructured documents or video visualization capabilities, you know, you start to see AI play that role 
across the various human sensories. And so it's really becoming a business partner into the organization. If you thumb through the report, you'll see that you know, the biggest challenge that was reported by the, the CIO community is exactly that. The lack of the skilled staff and training with AI was a little over 79% mm-hmm. of, our, of our respondents listing that as their top challenge. But as you wow. go beyond that, I mean, it's dealing with outdated technology, um, grappling with legacy tech that's there. And to Bruce's point, identifying the use cases rounds out the top three challenges that we observed in the data. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good segue. You know, I know we've talked a ton about chatbots and and states deploying the use of chatbots throughout the pandemic. But Bruce, why don't you start and talk about some more examples uh, from the report on how states are using AI? Well, I think we've already talked about the call centers enough, but the one that I liked best was in mm-hmm. Utah, where, you know, you would the challenge that they had was just like on being able to track branding, you know, of the livestock. And so what they're doing is using, you know, video and cognitive capabilities to be able to discern that, to be able to, you know, manage the herd and, and the appropriate ownership of the livestock. Hmm. Joe, you have anything to, to well, add that was on just, that? that? Bruce stole my, my interesting one. That was probably the most interesting <laughs> one. Sorry about that. that. Report, yeah. right? Because it, it's very unique. Um, in terms of the issue yeah. that it solved it. But you can see, though, just how AI can be applied in, in numerous, even niche areas of government to, to have an impact. And you know, their, their use of image recognition was there, but it builds on what we've seen over the last three years, which is Utah's got a center of excellency. They've deployed it in a number of verticals. This is just one example. But I think as you look over the last three years, you're seeing chatbots, you're seeing AI being used around helping run air quality issues. And we've seen, I think, like even in driver's license tests and helping people qualify for their learner's permits, unique ways that uh, AI has been used. The reports that we've produced over the last three years provide some of these very rich examples in areas like the call center and the big target areas, but also the, the examples like Bruce identified. So my takeaway is it's a target-rich environment. So to Bruce's point about good places to start, you don't have to look too hard, I think, to, to find one. And everybody loves it when AI and cows yeah. come together. So <laughs> can't beat that. You know, I love these use case examples that are that are in the report, right? A lot of reports can sometimes be sort of philosophical and theoretical. And these are great examples of, you know, how AI is is actually benefiting citizens, which at the end of the day is the CIO's, you know, target audience and ultimate goal in terms of their enterprise and, and overarching strategy. And so next question, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. We love to talk about the future and, you know, like you said, twenty nineteen, I don't think any of us could have predicted what was right around the corner in February, March of 2020. But how are state CIOs thinking about the future of AI in state government? Frankly, very optimistic. You know, looking deeper, we asked the CIO community on AI's potential to transform their organizations long term. And 56% think transformation can happen in the next one to three years. Another 23% believe it can actually happen right away. Um, And then uh, finally, 8% believe it can happen in less than a year. So what you're seeing there is a lot of confidence, right? We've moved quickly from aspirational, largely in 2019, to now can actually transform our organization, if not immediately, in in the very near future. And that confidence is translating into further investment in AI. And I think when you look at the report, whether it's the next 12 to 18 months, you're seeing some very strong planned investment in things like RPA and AI and the deepening of their investment in things like machine learning. That's great. 
So yeah, there's a lot of optimism out there. And obviously, you know, states are just kind of getting started, but they want to do more. There's a lot more promise for what they can do with AI. So what did states say that they need to support AI long term that they don't have now? I think, again, it's overcoming that biggest barrier around the talent and the skills available to help them. So that's what some of the, the CIOs are doing, like Utah as an example, Commonwealth of Virginia, you know, they're trying to stand up a center of excellence, you know, to support their agencies and their business partners of how they come to them with the ideas and then how they're able to provide that level of services around the core tool sets and foundational capabilities and and policies and such, you know, to help them enable their AI capabilities. So that's, you know, one of the things that they're looking at doing and and then to help advance that, the development of the roadmap and their capabilities. So Mm -hmm. Great. So this question is for both of you. I'd like to hear what your one big takeaway from the report is that you would like listeners to know. So like, what do you think they should be taking away from it? So um, Joe, let's go with you first. Going back to 2019, I'm struck by how quickly the adoption has moved in a very tight time frame. Even with that speed, though, I feel like we're just getting started and that we're on the cusp for greater, deeper adoption of AI in the very near future. So my biggest takeaway is the, how the optimism has quickly gained traction and is delivering outcomes in government. Yeah, great. And then Bruce, how about you? I've seen a change in approach where, you know, you don't have to have the perfect business case, although measuring the effectiveness of the ROI is important. But there's a willingness now to just try and see what happens and then learn from from that from those efforts, whether there's to be success or failures, and then quickly move on and adapt the approach. But I think everybody recognizes the value of it, just trying to advance that capability to better serve the citizens. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, well, gentlemen, I think, you know, as much as Amy and I love to talk about AI, and we could probably talk about this for another hour, we do like to veer way off track at the end of our conversations to talk a little bit about your life outside of work in a segment we called the lightning round. We'll ask you both three fun non-work questions. Joe and Bruce, are you guys yes, ready? Absolutely. Okay. So question number one, what was your dream job when you were a kid, Bruce? Well, given that yesterday was Halloween, I could say fireman, but I'd, <laughs> but my father was probably one of the biggest influencers in my life, and he was an engineer, and so I, I followed his footsteps and uh, took that path. Fantastic. Great. Right. And Joe? Well, growing up in Canada, my dream job was to play for my hometown hockey team and win the Stanley Cup. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. And you know, I, I think eventually a Canadian team will win the Stanley Cup ouch, again. Ouch. It's been a while, Ooh. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. What's your secret talent, Bruce? I'm able to bring teams together to help solve complex, complicated issues and challenges and drive, uh, you know, successful outcomes. That's so good. like big into escape rooms, I'm guessing. Or... <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at that too. So. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. We'll have to bring you next time we do one as a NASIO team. Uh, Joe, what about Talent's you? Talent's debatable, but uh, I play ice hockey recreationally and I speak French. Awesome. Very impressive. And final question. As you mentioned, Bruce, we are just coming off Halloween. And so what is your favorite holiday? Oh, hands down, it's Thanksgiving. The the only expectation is that you're going to overindulge in good food with good friends and family. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard to disagree with that one. Uh, Joe? And this one's easy for me too, but it's Christmas. So that's right around the corner. Yep. All right. We're, we're getting into the holiday season. All of them. Yes. All right. Well, Bruce, Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you for your partnership and all of your hard work on this report. We really appreciate it. And it's been great to talk to you. And it was great to see you guys in real life in Seattle, too. So thanks again. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening to NACIO Voices. NACIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers, or NACIO. You can find a link to this report in our show notes or at nacio.org under resources. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye.